Welcome to the Credit Union Business News Podcast, the only all-digital, all-business resource for credit unions. This episode sponsored by Bader Training and Consulting. We create environments where employees actually want to come to work and members want to keep coming back. I am Ken Bader, your host for the Credit Union Business News Podcast. I have another awesome guest that's going to cover some different angles for us, which we always like. Let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Chad Miller. He is the CEO of Southwest Louisiana Credit Union. Uh, I just found out that he went into the credit union industry right out of college in 2014. So he is a credit union veteran. Uh, that really knows the industry from what we're dealing with this decade. Uh, he became a CEO in October of 2019. Uh, so he's definitely had a little bit of a trial by fire. So we want to hear a little bit about that. Uh, but enough of me talking. Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Keith. I'm really happy to be able to conversate with you today. <laughs> Me too. We're gonna, you know, we had talked once or twice before. We had really fun conversations, and I'm really pleased that we're gonna have one on tape here uh, for everybody yeah. else to listen to. But uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you took over as CEO of Southwest Louisiana Credit Union, you know, a little less than a year ago. Um, yeah, how has that learning curve been? You know, normally, you know, people become CEO and they take over and things are kind of smooth, but you've had pandemics, you've had protests. Um, how has that indoctrination been? <laughs> yeah, and then on, on top of everything else, we built a new corporate office and did a core conversion. All nice. So nice. Yeah, I've told our 20-year CEO at the end of year one. I think yeah. <laughs> so no i mean like you said it's been kind of trial by fire i mean luckily i've had some good mentors in the industry uh, that have been able to give me some advice throughout this whole pandemic and and that's the great thing about credit unions being cooperative yeah. you know and i think that's where that little principle gets lost especially in times like this um because without those people that i've been able to lean on i really don't think i would be able to get through it both internally and externally you know in the cooperative movement so yeah. Uh, but yeah like going through the pandemic really um, trying not to invent, reinvent the wheel as far as what others are doing in the industry are well, as well, I think is helping and, and relying, especially on those, those in the industry that have been successful, you know, much longer than I've had to be in this role. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's worse, going through a core conversion um, or the <laughs> pandemic, man. I, right. uh, <laughs> I you know, I, obviously I'm not working at a credit union, I'm working with credit unions, but I'm not working at a credit union during this time. Uh, but I have worked uh, as an employee of credit unions during core conversions and I, I think I'd, I might actually rather have the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, we're lucky. I mean, man, our, our marketing and business development department and them putting out information and communicating, communicating with our members was so important. And, and I think going through that core conversion actually got us prepared for the pandemic and effectively being able to communicate to our members because it actually yeah. went pretty smoothly. And I, I attribute 90% of it to the communication we have yeah. out there. So. Having members being adaptable too, 
Um, you know, those first couple of weeks were rough, just like it was kind of in the conversion, right? The first couple of weeks of the pandemic were pretty rough trying to see like, hey, what in the heck are we going to do and how we're going to be able to service these people, um, especially having new technology that came with the conversion, like web signatures, things of that nature that we weren't really used to operating on and our members really weren't either and kind of making them go through it by fire as well, you know, but um, they were really quick to adapt. And even now that we've kind of opened back up our lobbies um, and able to serve them in branch, we're seeing them adapt to that technology really, really well. Um, so, I mean, having those resources, I, I made the comment, you know, I was really glad we did the core conversion in February and then this happened in March because without even the core conversion, I don't know how we would have gotten through um, some of the stuff, you know, getting members to sign digitally and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Great points. And yeah, kudos to you for learning something that, frankly, some of the baby boomer executives and even Gen X executives like myself didn't learn until later about how important both internal and external communication is, um, you know, in, in these processes, especially when things are going to go nuts. Um, and I love what you said, too, that you got the core conversion done before the pandemic. Yeah, I've had a couple of clients that went through that and literally just got done you know, January, February, March, and they thanked the good Lord that they did because that made the ease of all the electronic transactions so much better for their members when they had to close down branches and do some other things because of the pandemic. So, so <laughs> nice job on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good timing. <laughs> so I understand you're a CDFI credit union, uh, which if I remember it correctly is Community De Development Financial Institution, uh, and you've been able to leverage some grants uh, to have some significant community partnerships. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and that's what I think we're most proud of here. So we went on that journey to get CDFI uh, certified back in 2018. Um, we were lucky enough to award it and be awarded a grant with the designation. Um, and since then, we've won another award and we're writing our third right now. So that first one, what we were able to do is get a bunch of community partners within um, the Lake Charles area, um, really from workforce development um, to like we have a police jury, which I guess is similar to um, like a city council, but on okay. a parish level or like a, um, a county level in other states. Sure. Um, it's a little weird. Louisiana, I think, is one of the only ones that have a police jury, but yeah. um, they're very good here. That they they kind of handle like workforce development, things of that nature. With our first grant, we found that there was like a significant gap um, between like trade learning and vocational learning. So we have a lot of like gas plants, natural gas, oil plants, things of that nature here in our area. Um, so there was a gap, and people wanted to get educated for these types of fields and get really really good paying jobs and not able to go and get the education because um, they had significant barriers to get that, whether it was like childcare or like they couldn't leave their job for a few weeks because then they would be behind on their rent or mortgage payments and things right. of, you know, things going on there. So what we did was we developed a, a student loan type product nice. um, to bridge that because we have a trade school here um, that actually has like a fast track program. Um, so you can get like an operational, we, they have called P-TECH, a, a P-TECH or operations degree um, in about six weeks. So what we did was we created a product to fund most, if not all of that tuition 
um, and we defer principal and interest payments until 90 days after they graduate. Um, mm -hmm. So try to get them into the, the job that they would have graduated with. A lot of them with here uh, come with big bonuses, you know, I mean, really yeah. big sign on bonuses that we're trying to educate them like hey use that pay off your tuition you'll pay it at zero percent interest really once you get that right. um so having some financial education behind it um so but we were able to build this program with like workforce development um so well as the local trade community college here um and for even things like cdl licenses um, welding certificates all of that good stuff is what we have a high demand in jobs for um, but people just couldn't go and get the training or the education necessary because of these barriers um, so if they get that loan what we use some of the grant funding for um, was to pay those expenses right so we were going to pay their child care while they were in school yeah. or, or pay their mortgage or rent payments whatever they saw as, as barriers to um, you know, going to school and getting that education. So it was a really cool thing that we were able to get referrals in from our partners here in the community um, and create a very significant and, you know, very unique product, especially even in our industry. Yeah. Um, and then like our second one um, that we wrote about was really about um, like underserved and, and affordable housing. So again, there's a lot of land here, or a lot of um, ability to expand into affordable housing, but um, rent prices have skyrocketed because of people moving in and working at those plants. Um, we've even had, you know, we, we've known employees even here that have been kicked out of their house by family because they could rent it out to someone else <laughs> at a thousand. Get out of here. You're costing me money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really crazy how some of these tenants work, you know. So, again, we kind of expanded our mortgage portfolio to do things um, like mobile homes. Um and, you know, here we call them barn dominiums. It's always a buzzword with people. It's pretty much metal shop houses. What the yeah. heck is a barn dominium? But yeah, but they're becoming more popular here. But they're metal shop houses that are really, really nice on the inside. Yeah. And what you would look like, if you looked at the pictures, would think is a $300,000, $400,000 home here goes down to about 150000 So, again, educating people on... Um, what kind of options are out there even we've explored into tiny homes you know and things of that nature that have become a lot more popular that we're willing to finance um, that others wouldn't be able to take that risk on yeah if i remember it right and this is good for our audience um lake charles is just on the other side of new orleans do i have my geography correct we are we're about three hours west of new orleans three so we're in the west. southwest okay. it's right you're close to texas yeah, we're about, we're probably a 30 minute drive from Texas. Got it. Got it. Okay. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for correcting my geography. I was trying to, it's like I, <laughs> I knew where it was and I'm trying to, all right, how, how uh, close is it to, you know, one of these, one of these cities? Yeah. Uh, we're, so on, it, we're on right down I-10 from New Orleans. So it's not got bad. it. Got it. So, so when, when you're, when you're financing these barn dominiums, uh, do you worry about the next hurricane that's going to come in <laughs> or are those things pretty sturdy? <laughs> they, they become pretty sturdy actually, you know, so yeah, we make sure they're properly insured. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, they've, the contractors here have become really good at building them and they've become more and more popular. It's really fun. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Here in, uh, in Southern California or maybe in my hometown of Chicago, I'll have to, uh, to let people catch on to the barn dominiums. <laughs> First time I ever heard that one. I'm learning all kinds. Yeah, of I, know, that, today. I, I love saying that word. Cause I forget what the other people call pole barns and barn dominiums. <laughs> 
and the first time we even say them around here, they're like, excuse me, what? What are you trying to do? <laughs> like, no, it's not a fault. You're trying to tell me something, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, through through these partnerships and um, a lot of these initiatives that you have uh, implemented, you know, how have you seen that enhance the brand of Southwest Louisiana Credit Union? You know, does it, you, know, you talked about communication earlier. Does that resonate with your members in that, you know, hey, this, this, this isn't just another community bank that's trying right. to give us a loan at, you know, 15%. Um, it's somebody that's actually trying to help us. And in turn, we want to support them. Are you seeing some of that happen? Absolutely. I would say, you know, at the beginning, we didn't do, you know, an excellent job of getting out there of like what we were doing with these funds or even that we were receiving the funds and how it was being injected back into our community. But the past year or so, you know, we've been getting better with that on our communication. And like you said, trying to create it as, you know, this isn't just another 15% loan we're trying to get out there or, or anything like that. Our, our business development girl, you know, she says it um, when she goes to our partners and tries to um, really resonate with what we're trying to do is what it's done for our brand is where I'm going with it is we've become kind of here the the financial institution of second chances. Um, we've been able to use a lot of these grant fundings to supply our allowance account, um, which has allowed us to take a lot greater risk in our portfolio um, that others just simply won't do. Um, you know, we have a couple other institutions in our area and, and really they all serve the needs, I say, of upper middle class, higher class in this area. We're really the only financial institution um, in this area on a broad scale that really serves the underserved and underbanked. Um, and we're willing to and want to and able to, because to me, that's what the credit union, um, you know, that's what the credit union foundation was built off of, was funding and, and serving those people. And I think that gets lost in a lot of what we're trying to do. Um, when, and, and you have to be wary of your losses and things of that nature, especially, you know, during a pandemic of what we're going through now. Um, but like I said, we're able to leverage those funds into these very unique products and even expand on what we do really, really good at. I mean, we're probably the best institution I've seen at doing debt consolidations um, and, and refinances. Uh, we're, our, our loan staff is just very, very good. That's what they do really, really well. And I think it's a very good core competency of us. Um, so we're able to leverage these other products and at the same time being able to do debt consolidations, boost credit scores, put them in a position to eliminate poverty, um, which is our mission statement. Um, yeah. And like I said, without those funding, I just, I don't think we would be able to get there simply because we'd be taking all those losses head on, especially as a smaller institution. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Would you like to create an experience both for your employees and your members that increases productivity and sets your credit union on a straight path for growth, even in these times? Then let's talk. Let's set up a 15-minute consultation where we talk about your unique institution and how we can increase productivity and growth, whether your credit union is 1 million in assets, 10 billion in assets, or anywhere in between. And during that complimentary session, let's also talk about our B plus C plus S snapshot, formerly called our B plus C plus S audit. We do a deep dive into your brand, culture, and strategy. 
It's often the perfect start in working with beta training and consulting and provides a real value in a full report providing observations and implementable actions for the enhancements of your brand culture and strategy. This service also includes a two-hour video meeting with me, Ken Bader, to review the report with you and your management team and discuss how we can create a well-branded experience for your employees and members that's going to increase productivity and help the growth of your institution. To learn more, send an email directly to me at kbator, B-A-T-O-R, at btcinc.net. Again, that's kbator at btcinc.net. A lot of great stuff that I just heard there, and I'm trying to process all of it to see you know, which great point I want to oh leverage there. You know, but I, I love your tagline of eliminating poverty. And I think where some credit unions, you know, even get a little bit off track is, is they, in fact, <laughs> in fact, I had a conversation with, with one credit union CEO and I talked about, you know, the value of consolidation loans right now. Right. And that individual says something, I'm, I'm saying this much harsher than it was said to me, but it was basically so much, yeah, I want to give consolidation loans to a bunch of unemployed people right now. Um, <laughs> and rather than trying to correct this person, I just kind of said, all right, I'm not going yeah. oh, to, conscious. Yeah, of this. Of the, hey, there's a difference between unemployed and not working because of COVID. Right, right, so. right, right, exactly. <laughs> and I truly believe that, you know, your mission of eliminating poverty, um, isn't a death knell for the credit union. Um, I think right. that you can you can do well by doing good, um, and and that there is profitability in that. You know, I know Absolutely. that sometimes you know the credit unions think that profitability is a bad word, but the fact mm -hmm. is, if you can help people eliminate poverty profitably, then that's you know the circle of life in that that profitability can circle back to do that for more people. Is that am I on base there of what? You oh, know, you're you're hitting exactly what I preach here, you know, and, and I've said it time and time again, you know, and, and even when I'm explaining the differences between credit unions and banks and, and even other financial institutions, when I use that not for profit word, I always harp on that, right? Like we are not for profit. And I think we sometimes lose sight of that because yeah, we do have to be profitable, right? Or we mm -hmm. can't reinvest back into our membership. Right. Um, but we also also means we have to take some things of what we do and really land on that not for profit principle. I mean, you'll see, I think we're going to get into it. We're leveraging our partnership um, to kind of expand in this area where no one else has expanded and it's designated a financial desert right now. And I've told our board members, you know, time and again, would we rather make, at the end of the day, would we rather make a million dollars this year and say, cool, we made a million dollars? Or would we rather make $500,000 and be able to say we did this, 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 right. this, and this. Um, so I, I do think, I think that's a huge point of like you're saying, we can't get so caught up or, or using that bad word of profitability because we have to be profitable or we can't do what we want to do. Um, but at the end of the day too, we have to focus on eliminating poverty. We have to focus on being that institution for the people that um, aren't able to get something or, or go to and get it at 28% interest rather than right. 15, you know, and we, we have to do that because we can be profitable. We may not boost up our income statements like other institutions are able to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, we can go to sleep and say, hey, we did all of this for our community. And that's what we really 
really try to do. Um, you know, and we hit on debt consolidations, all that's very important. We put our whole staff, we have about 50 employees, um, we make them all go through um, certified financial counselors through CUNA's designation. Mm -hmm. So um, we haven't leveraged it, you know, to be quite honest, as best as we could. Um, but going into strategic planning this year, that's our big thing is to how can we take this to the next level? Um, our whole purpose is to, if a member walks in, anybody they catch can help them, right? And they don't have to wait on a loan officer or wait on a financial counselor, whoever. They can catch whoever walks through the door and know that they're going to be taken care of. And they're certified to be able to do that. Um, we haven't formalized it in any way. And I think we failed in our port of our, our employees doing that. Um, but that's our main point going forward for the rest of this year in early 2021 um, is to get a formalized program and be like, hey, how can we leverage this into helping more and more people? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that you failed, my friend. Um, I think that I would say you failed if you didn't recognize it and look to leverage it and do something in the future. Right. I think that's, you know, it's more of a let's get to it and concentrate on it. And it got pushed right. back more than, than a failure. So don't be so hard right. on yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, in terms of one of the things that, that you said that really clicked in my mind is in my history with credit unions, um, sometimes, not all the time, uh, sometimes they've done some very, very good things and have been very, uh, there's probably a stronger word than this, but I'm going to use shy. They've been too shy to let mm -hmm. people know what they're doing. Um, right. And part of it, you know, I... Part, part of it, I understand to a certain extent, you, you want to do good and not necessarily toot your horn, but there's a couple of, of factors in there that I, I like to stress with my clients is, is one, if you spent $500,000 on marketing, you would want people to know about it. If you spent $500,000 on helping people, wouldn't you want, you know, from a marketing standpoint for people to know about it? Coupled with the fact that it's your members' money. They, they have a right to know all of this good stuff that you're doing out there. So you, you, you mentioned, you, you, I really picked up on this. You know, would you like to have a million dollars of profitability or would you have, what, rather have $500,000 and be able to tell everybody what you've done with that $500,000? Know, what do you do to get that word out of, you know, these are the things that we're doing from a branding standpoint to give back to our community? Right. Yeah, I think that's where you, you know, we have to, and credit unions in general, when I say we, you know, we have to leverage those community partnerships. Um, and I think that's where we've excelled, um, where I think other credit unions can excel is really honestly getting out there and just saying, hey, like, this is what we do. Because, you know, just as good as all of us, uh, you know, what's the difference between credit unions and banks, you know, and, and where do we set ourselves apart from as financial institutions? And it's getting out to those community partners and saying, this is why we're different. And even those ones you've had established for a long time, you know, we have to re-engage with them because just who signed them up for the credit union 40 years ago probably isn't there anymore. And right. they're the ones that are controlling where their employees go or where their employees go to get help and, and pitching it to them, um, you know, in the form of, that it's helping their employees as well and engaging them and will do better for their health and all these health benefits that come from being financially fit and reducing mm -hmm. stress. 
Um, that's where you have to go. And that's where we have to, you know, as a brand awareness standpoint, um, go out there and really say, why are we different? What are we doing any better than anybody else? While at the same time saying we have the same exact financial services that all these other people have. We're just investing it all back in here instead of, you know, a boardroom or, or stockholders profits. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it, what's really important, um, and I hope uh, our audience, either listening or watching to this ep episode, um, gets this, is that yeah, I truly believe that most consumers really don't care about the so-called credit union difference and don't really right. want to sit and listen about it. But people mm -hmm. in Southwest Louisiana definitely want to hear about, hey, you know, we've helped X number of people be able to get education and right. get out of poverty by having this right. awesome career that they may not have been able to get without our help. You know, that is something that people do care about. And then you can say, by the way, credit unions do this every day. Right. <laughs> and I think there's just, there's so much out there that whether, you know, whether we're, I guess it goes back to what you're saying earlier about whether we're scared to like go out there and tell people what we're doing or even, you know, or what I've found whenever all these community partnerships started coming up, when we come with CDFI, I was like, why in the heck didn't we do this prior? Because like where we're going with the health center, I don't know if it's like, are we scared to go ask for help or just go scared to say, hey, how can we help you? I don't really know where that barrier is or if it's just time, right? Um, because like where we're leveraging one of our best partnerships where we're expanding into an area that's literally been designated a financial desert. It's a low income area. It's low poverty. A lot of it is, you know, big corporate um, businesses just don't want to go there because they don't see it as profitable. Um, a lot of it is, hey, no one's ever been over there. So why the heck would we want to go there? You know, some yeah. somebody knows something we don't know. Um, but we're able to go into a place, um, a health center here in Lake Charles that has a health centers other places in the state as well. And they want to pilot a program with us, um, you know, to kind of say like, Hey, we'll give you space to do some financial counseling. We'll give you space to put an ITM, a, a self-service kiosk, heck, even just an ATM that does deposit something to get some financial services there with someone in an office that, um, you know, can do financial counseling on a big level. And what is it going to cost us? We probably don't have to hire another employee. We're probably going to move somebody that we currently have right now on the staff since everybody's designated financial counselors. Um, so for the price of technology, we're able to have a pretty much a whole new branch that for yeah. an area that already sees, I think they see something crazy, like 500 clients a day um, already in there. And how are we going to have to have somebody that can go in there and be very personable um, and counsel people? And it's a, it's a, um, you know, low income health center in its own right. So um, a lot of them are going to need funds to pay for their medical benefits or, um, you know, whatever that is, there's a lot of public transportation around there. So how can we get them out of the 28% auto loans or into something that they've never owned before and afford rather than having to take lifts and Ubers for, you know, a hundred yeah. bucks a day. every time. So um, there's a lot, there's a lot that can be done there. And it simply took us, you know, having a community resource fair, whatever you want to call it, luncheon with a bunch of partners that we just reached out to um, with the help of, you know, um, some other vendors and stuff as well to get them all together 
into one room and just say, how, what do you need? Like, what are you seeing in the financial industry? We wrote down this big list and now we have all of these things that we're able to leverage. Um, we're trying to leverage those partnerships into like prisoner reentry programs, you know, things that we've never even seen before right. or thought that we could help with that we're going to be like, all right, let's see what the heck we can do there. And it may be minimal, maybe just a little bit, maybe a lot. I don't really know at this point, but you know, we're going to go and try it and try to make a difference. And like I said, eliminate poverty um, one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not passionate about any of this, are you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, get, I, I get very worked up about it when we start getting <laughs> Yeah, for those of you that aren't on the video portion of our show and only listening to this in the, in the car, um, I've seen Chad bounce from one side of the screen to the other. It is, <laughs> it is excitement of talking about all the great stuff that uh, Southwest Louisiana Credit Union is doing and is about to do. Um, with that, in, in, although you're possibly short tenure as a CEO, but very fun-filled tenure yeah. as a CEO, is there any recommendations or any tips that you would give other uh, CDFI credit unions out there? I mean, my biggest thing, like I said, was like, go out there and try things. And maybe I'm just young and dumb and willing to take that risk. I don't really know. Um, but you know, I, I'm a very common sense thinker. So when I think of something, I'm like, well, why in the heck can't we do that? Right. Are you hearing stuff other people are doing and it's why the heck we can. And then identifying those barriers, whether they're technological, financial, you know, whatever it may be, um, and trying to eliminate them. But it, like I said, the biggest thing that we've done is really just get everybody in a room together. Um, whether I think we had a law center there, a health center, the police jury, local government, all of these people together in one room and just hear United Way, you know, all those nonprofits and things like that, all in one room just saying, hey, what are you guys seeing here from a financial services standpoint um, that you're having trouble with? And we put them all together and we're just trying to check it off one by one. So asking the questions, otherwise we think we know we're doing all this stuff, but um, you know, sometimes we get consumed of what's going on in our four walls. And, and I encourage everybody who's really tailoring towards that low income designation, um, CDFI becoming a CDFI and getting used to those funds and they're talking about even expanding it um, you know throughout COVID and and everything that's going on in the world right now I encourage you to really take the step um, and try because there's probably a lot just like when we were in college and all these scholarship offers went without you know anybody taking funds of them we don't want to leave those funds on the table and we want to inject them into institutions um, you know that actually really really deserve them that will do good with them and not just put them in your income statement. Yeah, great, great points. Uh, you, you probably already answered this question probably about a half a dozen times in our great conversation, <laughs> but to kind of wrap up a little bit, you know, what's on the horizon for Southwest Louisiana Credit Union? Maybe the number one thing that you're looking forward to doing in the second half of 2020 or even beginning 2021. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on our short term. I mean, our, our biggest thing and the thing I'm most excited about is getting into that health center and getting into the area, um, you know, that literally has no financial services. Um, I just think there's a lot of opportunity, not only for growth, um, but for us to really, really inject and do what our mission and vision is, um, expanding on our financial education, our business development marketing team right now is finalizing and formalizing that program to really get re-engagement with our SEGs um, and really get out there and tell, you know, this community in this, this area right here, what we're about. 
Um, we just built a new corporate office, so we got a nice, very pretty, very unique place. Um, it doesn't look like any other financial institution I've seen. So we've got greens and oranges and blues and all kind of fun colors. Um, so yeah, really on the horizon for us is really just getting out there, getting our brand more and more out there as that financial institution of second chances um, and really work on our vision of eliminating poverty in this community. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if what you said is true, that young and dumb is working, don't become smart and old because that doesn't yeah. always work. All right. <laughs> so yeah. That's the challenge, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chad, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with you. Thank you so much for, for taking some time with us this morning. Absolutely. I appreciate you, Ken. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure to have you. And thank you to all of you in our audience that have either watched or listened to this episode of the Credit Union Business News Podcast. And we will be back in about two weeks with another great guest. Take care. Learn more about Credit Union Business News at creditunionbusiness.com. Suggestions for the Credit Union Business News podcast can be directed to Tim O'Hara at tim at cubusiness.com or Ken Bader at kbader, B-A-T-O-R, at btcinc.net. To learn more about this episode's sponsor, please go to btcinc.net.